Father, we are grateful for this day and for the privilege of knowing you as your child. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We pray that as your people that we would remember the promises that you have given to us. That we would understand who we are so it would transform the way we live. We pray by your power that this would be the case in our lives and that we would enter into this new year with a vision of who we are and it would transform the way we live. In Christ's name, amen. So, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ teaches us that God is holy That we as people in a fallen condition are sinful. That Christ came to save us. And that we enter into the faith um, by repenting and believing and trusting in and following after our Lord. It changes who we are. It, it, It really, in our status, there's so many different things that it addresses. And I think this morning what we're going to do is just look at some of the things about who we are in Christ and then how we're to live and kind of interact with that. If you've uh, been to one of our membership meetings or or learning about becoming a member, uh, you've kind of walked through these in the past um, where we start with like identities, like who we are, who we are because we're united to Jesus. And then talk about how does that flesh out in life. And that's kind of what we keep reminding people of. So we could say if you're a Christian here today that you are in Christ. That is you are united to Christ. You are a part of his kingdom. You as a result of this union you are growing in a knowledge of God. You are understanding uh, who he is. You actually have a thirst for that. Uh, You are a worshiper. You're one who once was an idol worshiper, and now, by the grace of God, like you worship the one true and living God. You're in his family. It speaks of, there's a, you know, like often in, in texts that you read in the New Testament, it's like you're adopted in with all the rights and privileges of being his child. Uh, you are a servant, meaning that you who once were like maybe only thought of yourself, now because of the mind of Christ being given to you, you desire to live your life in service to others. It's part, that's what Paul said, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You have been, uh, there's a transformation that has happened within, and, and your very identity is wrapped up in Jesus, and then, and really like you're, your heart, there's a change of heart. Certainly we're working on that, but there is a change of, of desires, a change of focus. We're also people who want to share the message of Christ. It, it's a part of, again, who we are. It's built within us to want to follow our, our master. He's working in us. There's, we're abiding in him, and there's this desire to go out and speak to others and share with them. So I would say, like, if we were thinking about it, and I think it's helpful to think this way, 
that we are learners, worshipers, family, servants, and missionaries. Those are things that we would say, this is what God's brought us into the family, united us to him, and, and transformed us within. As a result, we see this fleshed out in, in all of life. Now, another thing just to say is there are these patterns that, that you kind of work through that everybody lives in. And, and I thought this was helpful. I read it several years ago. We eat, work, play, and rest. Everybody's moving through that kind of pattern. Nobody goes without sleep. Very few people go without any time for recreational kind of activity. Uh, it, it, most people work and do things. Uh, and so and, and then, so it's all that. And, and sleep is something we have to have. So we're moving through this rhythm of life. That's just part of it, the way God made us. And then we're trying to live out who we are in Christ on a daily basis. So we're going to work through those this morning and talk about some of the applications to our church, and then we'll kind of move forward. So we are learners. We are sinners who were once deaf and blind, but now we understand the gospel. We're students of the word, growing in experiential knowledge. It is not just head knowledge, but head, heart, and hand knowledge. It's an obedient knowledge, a knowledge that is practiced by faith and energized by the power of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of glorifying God. So as his children who were once incapable of understanding divine truth, we saw it, we've seen it throughout John. God, by the power of the Spirit, has enlightened us, opened our minds. For, for really, for some, some of you may remember when that began to take place or when it really took place. And you, like, there, there's a deep longing for, to understand God. I mean, that, that is a big deal. Like, that, that, that is one of those things where it's like, I can remember at 19 years old, I remember, I mean, I can remember it like it was yesterday, I longed to know the word. It wasn't like one of those things where it's like, well, you're a preacher, of course you, you know, whatever. Well, no, it was like, I really wanted to know, what, did, what, is, God, what is God saying? What has he said? That's not preacher, that's like Christian. Just like, I wanted to know who he was. I wanted to understand who he was. I wanted to... It, there was a transforming work by the power of the Spirit that took place where all of these truths as a kid that I had learned, now there's an activated like work of God in my heart, and I wanted to know the truth. And I wanted to understand it. And I began to, to think on the things of God and long to hear good preaching and teaching from the Word of God. I, I really did. I, I wanted to understand the truth. I remember, and I've told you all this before, going to a church one time where a guy I grew up hearing my parents preach, he, him, hear him preach, you know, and, and, I, and I just remember sitting there, and for the very first time, I think there were two things going on. One, he was like very committed to teaching the Bible. That, that was one thing that was going on. I never sat under someone who would expose the teaching of the Word of God like that. It was, it was, mind-blowing. I could not believe that it actually could be understood and made sense of in that way. Two, I think the Spirit was doing a work in my heart where I may have been hearing a lot of stuff my whole life, but it was alive, and I longed for it. Okay, so I would say for us, I I would say one of the things that you can, one of the things that we need to understand as believers is that there is a thirst for the Word of God that is built within the heart of a true believer. Uh, and that thirst comes because the Spirit is working within us. Now, 
Paul told Timothy, all scripture is, in, in, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So th- that's very important. He also, Peter said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. So there is this kind of longing for, that, that, that's what it, you'll see over and over, that, that, that evidence that you are truly a child of God is that you want that breathed word to impact your life. You want to be in a church where the word of God is central because you want to hear what God has to say. Like, that, that's really, I don't really care as much about what somebody else has to say. I want to know what he has to say. And so that's very important. It's very foundational for this church, but it's a very foundational truth for the believer. They long for the word of God. Now, is that difficult? Even if you're born again, is that difficult? Yes. Are there times I don't desire it? Yes. What do you do when you don't desire it? Like, I mean, that, there are times you're going to go through where you're going to be like, I remember when, but like in the present, you're like, I'm not hungry like I was before. What do I do when I don't desire those things? I think that's where, and, and I think it's where you kick it in, that next gear of duty, in a way, where, where you pray, God help me begin to delight. I, I, my heart is not there right now. And so I'm going to push through by faith and pray that my heart would catch up. Okay? So that, that's just the reality for us. So I think for us, sometimes we say, yes, there has to be some level of hunger. Is it always there? No. What do I do when it's not there? I fight. I fight for it to be there. Because the reality is, it's kind of like, um, and I think about this sometimes with food. Recently, of course, I have not been eating the healthiest food. We just... We haven't all, all the time, but also just it's the holidays and you're just eating junk. I mean, you know, it's just not, a lot of times uh, Jacob and I were talking the other day and he was like, I'm just going to go somewhere and eat a salad, try to like purge my system, you know. But, but, but we have to learn like to love what is good for us sometimes, you know, like I'm having to learn how to do that. And so I began to eat what is good for me. And at first my body's going, no, are you joking? No. I'm starving all the time. I, you know, longing for, no. And so the the deal is, is I have to like fight against that and I have to move forward because by faith I'm trusting that what God said is true and that his word will not return void in my life. And so I need to renew my mind. It's good for me. It's healthy for me. I need to strive for it in that way. Now, at Christ Community Church, what we seek to do is, well, let me just stop right there, put that aside real quick. When I first became a believer, like I really, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I struggle with that, when, when that all happened exactly in my life. But, but I, I remember when this kind of direction changed. And I, and I remember sitting there kind of thinking, like, I don't even know how to read literature in general. Like, I'm not a reader by nature. Like, I am not wanting to sit down and do that some people are they're like give me a book and I'm like no burn the books no not really but but I mean I really it's like I would you know like that's just not my natural like inclination well so what do I do with that I don't even know I don't even like reading 
and, and on, but this is good, and I know it's good, and, and so what, do I, what am I going to do with that? Well, <clears throat> I, I, by God's grace, my dad talked to me one day, and he said, hey, well, I'll say this. I went to my pastor, and he was like, here's a commentary, which was fine. It was, it was fine to give me a commentary. But it didn't really help me kind of read the Bible for myself. You know, it's just that wasn't the, the most helpful thing. My dad did, though, come to me and said, hey, I've heard of the study, this thing where they teach you how to do an inductive Bible study where you're working through it through kind of a step-by-step process that so helps you kind of dive into the Word. And so that was really important to me. Spent years thinking about that and thinking how important it would be for a church. And I did it with youth, but how important it would be for a church to really embrace like a, a way of studying and reading through the text that's systematic enough that they could understand and digest the truth for themselves, okay? And so at the outset of Christ Community Church, we decided we're going to build a system that will allow you to have some personal study on your own, read through, kind of work through it, and it would allow you to kind of work through a passage. Sometimes it'd be hard to get it all. It's kind of a short study, but it just helps you kind of get in the rhythm of reading the Bible, understanding, asking proper questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how, that kind of thing, and study on your own. And then we really felt like that believers, and part of my own growth is over the years is kind of the whole iron sharpens iron thing where I would spend time talking with other Christians about the truths I was learning. And so trying to give you at Christ Community Church both a study guide and then a way to discuss that together was kind of the idea in mind. And what we would do is, as you begin to discuss it, hopefully those the understanding of that passage would, would kind of come together a little bit better for you. Because some people, and, and maybe you've met them at different levels where they might say, oh, they really know the Bible. Maybe they've had a time away and they've read their Bible by themselves and they've come away with all these all their thoughts without anybody ever speaking into those thoughts when that happens oftentimes some crazy stuff happens and then over time you're not careful if it catches on some really crazy stuff happens because you have a movement of crazy and so for us it's like personal study time together discussing that because different people learn in different ways right and so some people it's really good and sometimes in a discussion Things will come out and you're like, come on, that's not even... But still, it's like you're kind of working through that. But then we said, what we'll do is we'll follow that up with a sermon that will take that stuff that we're, you're studying on your own, kind of discuss it as a group, and then we'll, we'll, we'll work through that with somebody that has a lot of time to do that and, and has training in that area. And then we would follow up with a kind of a little recap every week. And then uh, different times we've done different things with the community group, but sometimes just the emphasis on application uh, was there. And we kind of said, well, what happens to people sometimes is they learn this stuff, uh, they memorize, uh, or, or I mean, get scripture in their head or whatever, but they don't know how to put it on the ground. So maybe that would help us kind of move in that way. So I, I just say all that to say, at the heart of, of what we're doing and what we're seeking to do is we believe as a believer in Christ, if you truly know him, you've experience the power of the spirit bringing you from death to life you're the the light bulb's been turned on your deaf ears have been opened up and your blind eyes can see and now you long to understand the truth of god and we wanted to do it in a way 
where people on different levels could learn. And, and if they would follow the... Here's the deal, and I, this is the thing I really wish sometimes I could say. Like, if you would just do what we give you, like, it, it's not really that hard. Like, if you would study that passage each week, discuss it, discussion would be better. Listen to the sermon half-heartedly, you know, maybe, no. But listen to the sermon and, and, and really saturate yourself in that. It would, it would transform your life. Why? Because the Spirit of God, when the Word of God is brought to bear, it, it just works. And here, here's the deal. Most people don't dig doing the basics. They get bored with it. But the reality is, as you keep working the foundational basics, it will produce. I, I, it just it produces. It, it just does. That's what we have to do over and over and over. And and sometimes people want something like new and fresh. And all. I, to me, it's like, you know what? A little mental, mental toughness would be nice by the power of the Spirit. You dig in. You follow this plan. I promise you it produce results. Better results than, like, I, I honestly, honestly would argue, like, it would be rare for you to, I, I think, if you would follow that pattern over and over and over, I think it would really radically change your life. Now, Again, that is if the Spirit is in you. <clears throat> Those things would be true. So, now here's the other thing that we try to do. So we do this thing where there's kind of repetition that we're working through step by step by step. Another thing is, is we try to keep it clear. Like we want clarity. And I would just encourage you, if you really dig uh, talking in like systematic theology or theological terms, and you like to pull all those terms up and use them, uh, that's, that's probably, you don't hear that a lot here in, in, in when I'm preaching. And I'd prefer you not to have to do, feel like you have to do that in discussions. But I, I just, what I mean is, is like anybody should be able to come here and understand what we're talking about without a theological dictionary. It's, it's kind of like that, like if you go to, okay, a, a, let's say you went to a doctor's office and, and they said you had something wrong with you. And they tell you what's wrong with you in the language that they learned in medical school. You'd be like, what in the world are they talking about? Those crazies, like, what are they talking about? Is he speaking another language? So what we're saying is, is yeah, those things are important. I value those. But the reality is, is on the ground, day by day, we want to keep it clear. Okay? And so we want to understand, grasp it, work through it. We want it accessible. I want it to be solid, rich, deep, inspiring truths that can be understood by the person that doesn't have hours and hours and hours a week to read theological journals. Okay? Next thing. Imitation. As learners, when we're thinking about this, I, I do think one of the things that the Apostle Paul will like root and ground them in, he will say, I mean, things like, it's my prayer that your love may abound with knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve what is excellent. So, so he's praying that they would understand the truth, grasp the truth. <clears throat> but in that same passage, in Philipp- I mean, in the same book, in Philippians, he speaks of the, the, the beauty of imitation. He says, follow my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you've seen in us. And, and, and I think as, as a church... 
we do. We have this kind of thing that we work through from a repetition kind of way, which they help you at different levels. We do try to keep it clear. We're not trying to like win the award for how many theological terms we can use. We are also saying, how do we allow people to imitate uh, a Christian, Christian living and learning? How, how do I help people grow in that? People need examples, we believe, on different levels. And, and so I would encourage you, um, if you're not doing this, you should be, uh, but, but you need to be around and your children need to be around other people, other, you know, other than you, they need other people around them that they could like learn from and grow from. It was interesting. I was with the, uh, Herbergs. We had dinner over at their house not too long ago. And, and, uh, I, I remember Cole came by and he was like, uh, I want to, uh, he, Carl and I were talking probably about something like silly or something. No, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know if it was some great, you know, discussion that would change his world. But he said, I just want to listen to y'all for a little while. And I'm like, that's real important. Like I grew up listening. And he probably wasn't. He was just probably pulling it. Cole, I don't know if that's what you're doing on that. But anyway, uh, I was like, oh, Cole, you want to hear your dad and all his wisdom? Um, no. But, but when with the there is that element to where like we believe that your children's greatest need is not necessarily to be around their peers it's not their greatest need they need people around them that are more seasoned than their peers it's not they need some of that time certainly peer relationships are good but they are not a higher of higher value than your kid really getting to know somebody that's 60 years old my some of my greatest relationships in my life are people that were you know 30 years older than me and the value of that is is insane to me i, I think the culture doesn't really understand that but as a church we should understand we're gonna get into that a little bit further but i would just say those are things that we do we say okay we're gonna do a process for repetition we want you to grow and learn we believe because you're a learner that you'll long for that so we're gonna give you opportunity for that we're gonna try to do it with clarity and we're gonna try to make those things accessible to everybody but we're also gonna encourage imitation so i think formal instruction imitation i think both of those are extremely extremely valuable okay so my thing would be for you is as you you could say eat work play and rest do you embody the heart of a learner that, that is like for you to stop and examine your day and your week and your month and kind of say for instance if 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 you if you want to grow in the grace and knowledge of the lord and savior jesus christ then then what would that look like for the, your times that you eat? What would that look like for the times that you eat with people in this church? What, what would that look like? How do we, and we, we're going to play around, we're going to enjoy one another, but then other aspects of sometimes you say, what am I bringing to the table that would encourage and challenge and exhort somebody? Um, the, another thing just to kind of think is, are you a humble and teachable person? I mean, like, do you really want to learn from others? Or are you always the smartest person in the room, in your eyes? Holmes is like, yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up. Um, do, you, do you seek to apply what you learn? You know? I mean, maybe some of the other questions of this, we, 
Like, what would it be like for my family to have that mentality, a heart for learning about the things of the Lord? What would that look like? What would that look like at our dinner table? What would that look like before we went to bed? What would that look like? Is there, we talked about family worship not too long ago. What would that look like for you to make a, an emphasis in that way? <clears throat> Second thing, we are worshipers. So we say, we start and say we are learners. I think that's a foundational level. That's, I mean, by the Spirit of God, we're, our eyes are open. We long and hunger for that. What does learning do? It should, some people would say it this way, theology produces doxology, praise. I use one of those bigger words. But it really is like the more I understand, the, the greater my praise of God. It's kind of the idea. So as a worshiper, we are sinners purchased by God, learning to offer our lives back to God through Jesus. That, that's, that's the deal. It's like you were once an idol worshiper. That's what 1 Thessalonians 1 speaks of. Verses 9 and 10 say, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. What's he saying? He's saying you were an idolater, but now you turned to who? To God. So you were a, an idolater. It's like your whole life, you're a worshiper. That, that is the reality. Whether you worship God or not, it's kind of the issue. Like you are a worshiper, but now by the grace of God, you have turned to God. And when you turn to God, your worship, your idolatry, you're, you're walking away from this. But really, it's, it's almost like you're turning to this and it leads you away from that. It's kind of the picture. And so we would say, like, and I think that's really important, that we are worshipers now because we, we're really, we, we've been transformed. And, and we now want to serve our Creator and Redeemer. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I, I think what you would say, and this is important for us, is like we... we we're renewing ourselves and our worship. It's almost like we're continually trying to live a life that would be praiseworthy to God, that would honor God with what we do and how we live. So by the power of the Spirit, we are walking towards God and away from idols. And, and idols are things, I guess you could say, anything that would, um, that would kind of have that place of God in your life. Anything that you think about, love, cherish, long for more than you do the one true and living God becomes kind of your focus and your pursuit. It, it's, it's a dangerous place. So I've heard people say an idol is anything that I would sin to get or sin when I don't get it. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's a helpful way to say that for you. An idol in your life is anything I will sin to get or sin when I don't get it. And so... Um, a good example of that would be if I didn't get to go and do something that I wanted to do, and so, like, I took it out on Anna. Because that, it was more important for me, rather than honoring her, I would rather, and, and, and in dishonoring her, I'm dishonoring God, right? So if I don't get what I want, then I will sin against her, and she'll pay for it, 
right? And so that means that something is out of whack. God's not at the center. All right? So, a couple little things to think about when we're thinking about who we are now as transformed people who would worship the, the true and living God. I think there is this, what we call in our, our, our kind of membership class, this continuous action, constantly seeking to renew my mind, constantly seeking to reflect on who God is and what He's done for me, constantly giving thanks and seeking to, to understand that and be dependent upon the Lord. And, and then there's like what John Frame calls like a conscious action. It's where I'm like coming to church for worship. So that's something that we would say like is, is very, I think, important because when we gather at church, we are coming here to worship and serve God, our creator and redeemer. Hebrews 10 says, let us draw near to God uh, with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we, we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So it's very important that we are, we, we're thinking about that. We're thinking about in our worship because, of, because we are like worshipers of God now. How, how does that flesh itself out on a daily basis? And how does that flesh it out on a um, corporate basis as we gather together as the people of God? Now, I'm going to give you a couple of things. Hopefully it'll be helpful for you as we think through this. Is like the object and audience of our worship. The object, object of our worship is God. It's the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Our worship should have that flavor. It's, it's important that we have a Trinitarian view that we say we worship God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then we have to ask ourselves, what's the audience of our worship? As we gather, who are we kind of gathering for? I think this is something that's been really confused in the church. But you would say, first of all, like God is the object. God is the one that we worship. God is the one that we're seeking after. God is the one who is most important. We're not really coming here to worship ourselves. The question is not, what do I want? It is, how do, I, how do we most magnify the name of the Lord? How do we honor Him above all? What's the second audience, you might say? It's the church. We are thinking about how to stir one another up to love and good deeds. The way we sing, the, what we preach, what we share, what we read together, all those stuff to strengthen ourselves in the faith. And then the last one would be the world. And I think that's important just to see. There is a watching world. And, and sometimes we'll have people here that are not believers. And, and, and we don't know who else here that is a believer, not a believer. You know, oftentimes we're kind of not sure about that. And so we're saying like the world is watching us as we worship this God we claim that we know and we love. So that's just important to us. So I'm going to go back. We started out, we said we are learners. Second thing we say is we are worshipers. As worshipers, we do that on a daily basis. Uh, we seek to grow in that and then in a corporate level. And that's what we kind of would encourage you to do here. Now, the question is, is are you encouraging a lifestyle of worship in your life? I mean, in your own life. Are there things that you're doing to, to stir your heart to praise God? 
Certainly that's tied to learning what you're learning about God. But is, are there active things that you're doing to seek to live a lifestyle of worship? I mean, you might even ask yourself, like, what are you doing in your family? If you're a dad here, what are you doing to, to like, stir up the family towards the worship of God? If you're a wife here, what are you doing to try to stir up the, your husband's affections for God? Your children's affections for God? Uh, are there things that you're putting into your life to say, how do I stir that? How do I? It's almost like you're wanting to like throw logs on the fire of the hearts of the people around you. What are you, what are you doing there? What does that look like for you to do that? We've given you a pattern, and I hope it's helpful. I mean, I, I hope it is for you. In our worship services, a pattern we, that it's been called gospel reenactment kind of worship service where we start with who God is. We call people not only to see who God is, but to see their sin and then assure them that in Christ their salvation. And we do the ministry of the word, ministry of the table. We've told you, like if you want to do that with your family, we would just say read, pray, and sing. Read, pray, and sing. Every, every night, just spend a little bit of time, read, pray, and sing. It's a way to refocus your family back. And so for some of you may be kind of nervous about doing that. It's not that hard. Just read. And for little kids, sometimes we've talked about that where you could maybe read some stories in the Bible. You could get a storybook Bible. We give those out. We'll give you one. You tell us you want one. But just read together. Pray together. And guess, you know what's so crazy? Our kids start to say, can I pray? Can I pray after you pray? Can I follow you in your prayer? Okay, let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. He's imitating that. You know, and so we're reading, we're praying. Even sometimes we'll be like, well, can I read? Okay, I'll read. God created the world. God created the world. (laughs) It's like, come on, little parrot. Let's go. Let's move through. But it's read, pray, sing. They, they, I mean, we, over the Advent season, during the Christmas season, we've lots of, We've been singing a lot of, 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 of songs that, that, you know, you grow up singing, songs that you would carol, Christmas-type songs, and, and, and they're already kind of learned those songs, you know? And I'm not saying we do it all right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we're trying to create an atmosphere where the worship of God... Let me tell you one other thing. Well, it's, every year, we have encouraged, like, you to do the little Advent stuff, and so we'd say, hey, read this, or do this, or do that. Um... This was the first year that we went through the whole, I mean, like, did every night. It's like a big accomplishment in our house. Because we, like, botched it up a lot. Like, we would kind of get going, and, oh, something would happen, you forget about it, and be like, oh, man, I really wanted to finish this and do this well. And so this year, we kind of got, we went through that. But, but again, it's, it's, not, it's not perfect. It's not easy. People run around, I'm like, sometimes just wanting to be like, okay, like, you know, like, I'm going to smack you down and then be like, okay, let's pray. Let's pray, you know, because I'm so fired up, you know, because nobody seems to be in the, you know, focused. You know, it's like, okay, come on now. But um, I just, I'm telling you that because I think it's very important. Who we are as Christians should be fleshed out in how we live. And that's not just in the home. That's everywhere we go. I mean, there should be ways that you maybe say, I want to learn about the Lord. You might say, man, I work 70 hours a week. How, how in the world would I do that? 
How would I work the 70 hours last week and, and really have learned anything about God? How would I do that? I, I think you have to begin to start thinking creatively about how you would do that. What would you do if you travel and you're not home with your family? What would you do? How would you be able to like encourage them? Last time I checked, like FaceTime or phones, they still worked, you know. And like you might could do it that way. Or maybe you work a lot. Or maybe you need to carry some cards around in your pocket where you pull them out and maybe you memorize scripture throughout the day. You just look at them. Just a way for you to kind of renew your mind. Maybe you can listen to things. You can listen to books of the Bible being read. You can listen to sermons. There's a lot of different ways, like really, and probably I could probably come up with a, a lot of ways to tell you that you don't have much of an excuse. But really, it's, it's the longing in your heart then to do that. Again, we're not trying to say, beat you down, beat you down, beat you down. What I'm saying is, is as a Christian, there should be a passion for the things of God. And a, as a result of that, should f- flow in, in throughout your life. It's not just scheduling Sunday mornings for worship. It is all of life worship, although Sunday mornings, I think, really help build that and grow that in your life. So um, I didn't know how much time this is going to take this morning. It's going to take more than I thought. So I guess what I would say is, it, like as we kind of come to the end of this today, we'll, we'll pick up next week and look at this, uh, the rest of these. But I do want you to spend some time uh, this week really examining yourself and saying, okay, how am I seeking to grow in my knowledge of God? Are there ways that I could improve on that this year? What, what am I doing with my family to kind of stir those things? Is there a way I can improve on that this year? Are there things that I could do what, what, with your grandchildren? What could I do this year that might help stir their heart towards the things of God? What, what, what would I do? What could, I, what could I share? What could I teach? What could I do in the time I have with them? What could I do? And, and maybe you just kind of sit down and reflect on that. How throughout life, eating, working, playing, and resting, do I embody a heart of a learner? Am I, am I really longing to, to grasp that? And then you might say, okay, I'm good with that. I, I, I've kind of thought that through. And then stop and say, okay, I, I, have, I say that I have turned from those idols. I've really turned to God away from those idols. What, what does that look like for me to worship? What does it look like for my family? What does it look like for me to in, encourage other people in that? And maybe spend some time reflecting on that and say, like, maybe, maybe I could get better at doing that. You know? And, and, I, and, and, and I could get better not just for the sake of, like, doing something to get better, but because I, I long to, to know and live and, and honor the Lord with my whole life. And so... We'll just stop there. We'll pick this up next week and kind of work through the next uh, three steps. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that by the power of your uh, spirit that you would move in our lives in a way that we would, we would establish patterns in the ordinary things. We would establish patterns that would bring greater honor to your name, a greater sensitivity to your leading, a greater desire to see others come to know you, a greater desire to see see the world worship you. We pray, Lord, that all of this would lead to, to, to others growing in the knowledge of you. In Christ's name, amen.